worth it. I wasn't worth what he paid for me. I know for well I got the good end of the bargain on this side. Because he gave me everything. What did he get in return? Got me a low down rotten sinner. Unworthy to be called a son. But I'm glad to be made worthy through Jesus Christ. Amen. There's nothing like him tonight. I don't know what he's got in store for us, but I'm sure glad that I've come to the house of God. I'm glad to be in his house tonight. I'm like David. I was glad when they said unto me, let's go into the house of the Lord. Amen. There ain't nothing like being in church. And I'm so thankful to be here tonight. It's good to be home, Bethel. It's good to be in front of you. And y'all pray I'm more nervous here than probably anywhere we go. But I know this. God's in this house tonight. And I don't want to do nothing out of his way. I want to do everything just right. Amen. And I'm going to mess up at the best of God. But I know this. I want to follow the Holy Spirit because he's worthy. Oh, he's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of all the honor tonight. Amen. There ain't nothing about us. That should be celebrated or even looked up to. But it's all about the one who gave his life on an old rugged tree, amen, to die and pay a price for you and for me that we couldn't pay. The last several months, God's been dealing with my heart about being thankful. And we know that Paul told Timothy in the last days there'd come a generation of people that would be unholy and unthankful. My, my, that's the day we're living in in these days. Everywhere we look, we see people. Why do you think they act the way they do? Because they're not thankful. And God's really just spoke to my heart lately. Started way back in th- before Thanksgiving. Now what am I thankful for? And every week it seems like something I'm thankful for. We started out being thankful for my family and my friends and my church and my preacher and all and, 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 and just all that. But I'm thankful for a spot that I can go back to where I call out upon the Lord Jesus Christ. If I didn't have a place I could go to when the devil comes to me, I don't know what I would do. Because he comes and whispers in my ear all the time, saying, Oh, you never been saved. You never trusted him. Then I have to take it back to an old fashioned altar where I left out and called out in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he came into this old part of mine. I'm glad he's still saving lost sinners tonight. Amen. I don't know the condition of your heart, but I can tell you this. God's wanting to do something for you if you're lost here tonight. God's came and gave it and bled in time so that you didn't have to go to that awful place called hell. If you don't have a spot, oh, I'm thankful for my spot tonight. Do you have a spot you can go back to when the devil's coming, when the storms are raging, when everything's going on? This ain't my message tonight, but I want to tell you some things I'm thankful about. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my friends. God has helped tonight. I'm going to preach a little thought the Lord gave me a couple of months ago. It says, thank God for the preacher. Oh, I thank God for the preacher. Been preaching a lot, like we said, about things like that. I'll unmute this mic now, boys. Sorry about that. I heard it get hot when I walked back here. Maybe we're on now. But as we're thinking about what I'm thankful about, my mind goes back as a young boy. There's always been a preacher in my life. I remember growing up down in B-Log that there were some preachers that come along that made a difference in me. They told me the word. They showed me the right way to go. They couldn't make decisions for me. But oh, they could point me in the right direction. 
And as we've grown up, we, 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 we moved from B-Log. We come up to Jack's Creek, and I started to go into Morningstar. I had a pastor there that lived for God and showed us, told us the right things to do. God moved us here some 13, 14 years ago. I don't remember what it was now. But oh, I thank God for my preacher. Thank God for my pastor. Thank God for a man that will stand and tell us about right and wrong. To tell us about a place called heaven and a place called hell. And that you're caught in between. You have a choice which way you're going. I'm thankful tonight for the preacher. I thank God for the preacher. The book of Romans 10, 14, 15 says this. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. Mark 16, 15 said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I'm glad that somebody preached to this creature one time. I'm glad to know that in a revival service on a Thursday night, preacher Scott Garland was a preaching in revival. And the Lord came and gripped my heart on the fourth row of the Morning Star Baptist Church, showed me that I was lost, showed me that I needed to be saved. Oh, what a difference it makes when Jesus passes by. Amen. There ain't nothing like knowing beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're saved tonight. Do you know that tonight? That you're saved in the free pardon of sin. Maybe you're here and you can't raise your hand. Can I tell you something? God provided a way so that you can join in on that. Amen. You don't have to die in a lost and dying world. But if you have your Bibles tonight, I want us to look. Acts chapter number 27. Acts 27. I believe the greatest preacher ever walked the face of this earth was a man named Paul. No doubt if you studied after the word, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you preachers in here will agree with me on that. Never been a preacher like the man Paul was. And there's been some preachers come along in our day. Brother Percy Ray, some, some Billy Sunday, Harold Sattler, some of them that's paved the way for us. And who are we to just even start to fill their shoes? I'm not worthy. None of us are worthy. But I'm glad that God's always got a preacher tonight. Amen. Acts number 27, for the sake of time, I'm just going to jump down to verse number 9. And the Bible tells us in Acts 27, verse number 9, Now when much time was spent, and when sailing was now dangerous because the fast was now already passed, Paul admonished them and said unto them, Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage, not only of the lading in the ship, but also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, if we read on down, we see how they come into a storm. And we're going to read that in just a second. But this is just like we are a lot of times. The man of God will get up and give, him the, give the heart that God's given to us. Tell us a warning. Give us a word from God. And we turn our backs on Him. And we listen to the world. We listen to everything going on around us. And we do everything but what the man of God says. Number one tonight, I thank God for the warning of the preacher. I thank God for the warning. Verse number 12, because the haven was not commodious to winter, and this is why they decided to go on, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to Phoenix, and there to winter, which is in the haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, 
Supposing they had obtained their purpose, loosing thence, they sailed close by Crete. Now they didn't listen to the man of God here when he said, you better not go this direction. You better not turn loose of the shore. You better not launch out into the deep right now because it's going to be dangerous for you. How many times would we have been better off if we'd have listened to the preachers? If we'd have listened to the man of God when he said, you better not go down this path. I see you going somewhere. You better not do this. Because he could see that you was heading for danger. You was heading for destruction. But we think we know better than God. We think we know better than the preacher. We're going to do things our way. And we're going to learn some hard lessons along the way. And that's what happened here if we read on down. Had they only listened to the warning of the preacher. We see in verse 14 of Acts 27. Not long after there arose against it a tempestuous wind called Euryclidon. Now this is one of the only named storms in the Bible. It's just like in our days. If they named a storm back then, it was one they's going to remember for a long time to come. If we, that's what we do when we have a hurricane. Or now even snowstorms when they blow in. If they're big enough, they're going to give it a name because we're going to remember the time that we went through the storm. Just because the storms are coming don't mean you have to launch out into the middle of it. The preacher here said, don't launch out. It's going to be with much hurt. I advise you not to go out, but they didn't listen. And because they didn't listen, they had to endure and weather the storm. What happened when they were in the middle of this storm right here? We read on down. Verse 15 says, And when the ship was caught and could not bear up the wind, we let her drive. They had fought as hard as they could to get this ship through the storm. And they come to a point where they had to just give up, give it over to the storm, and give up to let the wind just drive her where it was going to go. Have you ever been caught in a storm in your own life like that? Because you didn't listen to the man of God. You didn't heed the wise warnings of the preacher. You got caught in a storm and there was nothing else you could do. You had to face your circumstance. You had to face the storm that you were brought into. But oh, only if you'd have listened to the warning of the preacher, you'd have been so much better off. But I'm glad God didn't leave them in the middle of the storm. Amen. We read on down, it says 16, And running under a certain island, which is called Clauda, we had much work to come by the boat, which when they had taken up, they used helps, undergirding the ship and fearing, lest they should fall into the quicksands, straight sail, and so were driven. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest, the next day they lightened the ship. Everything that the centurions and the masters were carrying, they had to toss overboard. Everything that they were holding on to, they had to lose in the middle of the storm. Why? Because they didn't heed the warning of the man of God. They didn't heed the warning of the preacher. And if you're in here tonight and the preacher sent you a warning, friend, can I give you some advice? Listen to what he's got to say. He don't just get up here to tell you a message that, he, that comes out of his opinion. He listens to God and he delivers a message straight from the throne room of God. Had they only listened to the warning of the preacher, they wouldn't have lost everything that they were carrying. The cargo on board wouldn't have had to have been losing or thrown overboard to lighten the ship. And the third day, we cast out with our own hands the tackling of the ship. And when neither sun nor stars in many days, doesn't say exactly how long they were out there, but many days, they were out in the middle of this storm. Don't you know that they were without hope? They thought they were lost. They thought they were going to die. This says even at the end of verse 20, and all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. Where do you get when you get without hope? Friends, you can't live a minute without hope. I've heard Pastor Darren use that example of the mice in the bucket over and over. My mind always goes to that when I see this without hope. 
All it takes is just a glimmer of hope to get you through the storm. But these folks here, they had no hope. They'd given up all because the storm was more than they could bear because they didn't listen to the warning of the preacher. But I'm glad God didn't leave them there. Secondly tonight, there's a wisdom of the preacher. I thank God for the wisdom of the front that comes from this old sacred desk. Amen. Now 2 Timothy 4.3 says there will come a time when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to them teachers having itching ears. They don't want to hear the warning of the preacher. They don't want to listen to the wisdom of the preacher that we find here. And if we look on down, verse number 21, it says, But after a long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have listened to me. You should have hearkened unto me. Not have loosed from Crete to have gained this harm and loss. And he didn't get up there to say, I told you so. That wasn't the heart of Paul here. We see Paul, he'd, he'd been down in the bowels of the ship, no doubt. He'd gotten along with God. He'd gotten down to get some wisdom for the journey. How do you get wisdom along the way? There's nothing within us where we can draw wisdom from, but it comes from the throne room of heaven. I'm glad that if you want some wisdom, you can go to God, amen. This man here, those that stand in this pulpit, they get along with God so they can impart wisdom from God to you. That's what Paul did here. He got along with God. Verse 22, now I exhort you to be of good cheer. Oh, how can you be of good cheer? You're in a storm. You've lost everything. You was without hope. Everything was gone. But the man of God steps on the scene. said, be of good cheer. I've been with God. Amen. There's some wisdom to be found here in the preacher man. Amen. For there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Fear not, that must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God hath given thee all that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer. And here's his wisdom right here I want you to see. For I believe God. I believe God that it shall be even as it was told unto me. If God said it, friend, it's going to happen just the way God said it. We don't serve a God that goes back on his promises. We serve a God that stands true and is faithful to what he says he's going to do. If he says he'll bring you through the storm, he's going to bring you through the storm. If he says, I'll go with you all the way, even unto the end. Friend, where's he going to be? All the way, even unto the end. Bless his holy name. I'm glad that there's some wisdom to be found in the preacher here. How, how, how important is it us for, for us to listen to what the preacher says? Because he has a warning for you. He has wisdom for you, amen. But wisdom didn't come from himself. It came because he spent time with God. I'm glad that there's, some still, there's still some preachers around that spend time with God. They want to hear from heaven. They want to know what the Word of God says, what God has to say to you or come to deliver a message to you and it be in your best interest to listen to the preacher. I thank God for the wisdom that God gives preachers. Amen. Thirdly tonight, I want you to see the work of the preacher. Moving over to Acts 28, we see that they've, it's, everything's happened just the way God said it was. They kept going on. They had a little hope. They kept sailing on. The ship was destroyed, but not a single life was lost. God kept his promises to Paul right here. 
Verse number 1 of chapter 28 says, And when they were escaped, then they knew that the island was called Melita. And the barbarous people showed us no little kindness. What does that mean? They didn't show us just a little bit. They showed us a lot of kindness. It wasn't just a little. It was a lot. For they kindled a fire and received everyone because of the present rain and because of the cold. Don't you know they were cold because they were out in the storm? Don't you know that they were shivering from being in a shipwreck, having to sail and float on the water to get to the shore as the best they could? I'm glad every, every once in a while it's nice when somebody kindles a fire for us. When the water of, the, of our storm comes in and drenches our spirit, almost puts our fire out, have you ever been so deep in a storm that you didn't feel like you had any fire in you anymore? Oh, I've been there. But somebody come along and kindled a fire. Oftentimes it's been a preacher. Sometimes it's been a friend. Sometimes it's been all that. But I get comfort from the preaching of the Word of God. And say every once in a while, when my spirit's low, they'll come and kindle a fire up that I can get warm again by the Spirit of God. I'm glad that there's still some preachers around working to build a fire, amen. Verse number three says, When Paul had gathered a bunch of sticks and laid them on a fire. I'm going to stop right there. I want you to see something. The only name mentioned working right here was the preacher man. He's the only one. Everybody else, the centurion guard that was with him, that's at least a hundred men in themselves, not counting all the tradesmen and everybody else, all the prisoners. Where are all they at? They all were shipwrecked together. They're all cold. But here we see the preacher getting in and getting his hands dirty. We see the work of the preacher man. How often do we see the preacher getting in in our church? And sometimes he feels like he's alone because he's the only one gathering up kindling to throw it onto the fire. He's the only one going around. Why? Because he cares about your, your, your spiritual condition. He don't want you to be cold. He don't want you to be outcast. He don't want you to be dried up inside. He wants you to have a fire burning in. So he comes and he grabs kindling along the way, some sticks, and he's, he's alone. He's picking them up to throw them on the fire. I'm glad that there's some preachers that still work. Amen. Amen. I'm thankful for the work of the preacher. I'm thankful for his warning, and I'm thankful for his wisdom. Oh, I'm thankful that there's still some that's working. Amen. Don't let the preacher do all the work. Church, I encourage you tonight, get in behind our preacher. Get in behind him, whatever God tells him to labor at. Get some hands in there. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty, to get busy for the Lord. Whatever he's called him to do for Bethel, get behind him and help him. Amen. One man can't do it alone. We see Paul here trying to do it all by himself. He's kindling the fire up for him. No doubt he's getting weary. He's getting tired in the way. He was in the shipwreck just like they were. But we see him still trudging on and doing the work. I'm thankful for the work of the preacher. Exodus 17, 9 says, And Moses said unto Joshua, Choose us out men and go out. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses had said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. Now what's this got to do with helping the preacher out? Let's read on just a little bit. And it came to pass when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy 
You ever tried to hold your hands up for a long time? Boy, it wears out in a hurry, don't it? The older you get, the more tired you get. And that's what I'm seeing. But it don't hurt us every once in a while to hold our hands up in praise. Hey, that's going to help your preacher out. It's going to help those that's in the battle if you raise your hand. Amen. But we see here the man of God, Moses, his hands were getting heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and let him sit thereon. They found him a comfortable place for him to hold his hands up. And Aaron and Hur stayed up on his hands, one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. What we see here, the preacher couldn't do it all by himself. Even though he wanted to, he wanted to hold his hands up so that they could win the battle. This physical body is only going to hold out for so long. And our arms got, his arms got weak and they had to come down. But aren't you glad that there were some men that come along to uplift your arms, Brother Darren? Every once in a while you need somebody to help hold you up because you can't do it alone. You know that we need some more men like her. We need some more men like Aaron that's going to stand beside the preacher. Don't want to be in the spotlight. They're not after what they can gain from the, what the world sees of them. But they're there just to hold up the man of God so that the Lord can do his work. Are you holding up the preacher's arms tonight? Are you doing your part to help hold his arms up? We need more men. We need more women. We need children to hold up the arms of the preachers because there's a work to be done. But lastly tonight, I see the wonder of the preacher. Well, it's a wondrous thing to watch. The, I see how God works in the lives of his men. And I even wondered if, if I was supposed to preach this tonight. And You know how you question things sometimes. You, you want everything to be just right. But it seemed like everywhere we went today, and even yesterday, God lined up a preacher for me to run into. I'm thankful for some preacher friends along the way. We were down in the church in Nebo this morning, a young preacher friend of ours that we go to Bible college with. He got up and even sung a song with us. I'm glad that there's some preachers that we can have friends with. Left there, went to Zaxby's to eat lunch and marry and run into Jason McKinney. What a blessing that was to see him. I hadn't seen him in years. There was another preacher that God let our paths cross. I'm glad that there was some times that we got together to hold each other up. But it's amazing to see how God works through his men. And we got to talking about how good God was with Jason and the other fellow I was telling you about. Boy, we just had a time. It's a wonder that God even works through men like us. But I'm glad that he chooses the foolishness of preaching to confound the wise, aren't you? But here in Acts 28.5, or we'll go back to into 3. After he laid the sticks on the fire, there came a viper out of the heat and fastened onto his hand. Now ain't that just like when you get busy doing something, the devil's going to have something to snatch onto you, to latch onto you, to try to keep you from doing the work. And when the barbarians saw the venomous beast hang on his hand, they said amongst themselves, no doubt this man's a murderer. No doubt he's done something wrong. No doubt he's took money. No doubt he's, he's run around on his wife. No doubt he's deserving of this. They didn't happen to think that sometimes things like that just happen to show you who you really are. Amen. No doubt this man's a murderer whom, though he hath escaped the sea, yet vengeance suffereth him not to live. But verse number 5 says, He shook off the beast into the fire, and he felt no harm. How many times, preacher, have you been trying to serve God and do the work like God's called you to do? All alone sometimes, 
and you're laying something to build a fire and that old devil comes out and he just latches on to you. He just digs them teeth in as deep as he can get to try to keep you from doing something. How many of you are the same way? Seems like every time you want to serve God, you want to get on fire for God, there's a serpent that's going to jump out of that fire that you're kindling. Frank, can I tell you something? It's about time we stop worrying about the serpents and the fire because bad things are going to happen. But can I tell you this? God's still on the throne. He knows everywhere and wherever one of them serpents are. And he said he'd give us graces to face everything that we're going through. I'm glad when the serpents come out of the fire, you can shake them off in the name of Jesus, amen. And you can continue on doing the work that he's called you to do. But I love that right there, that, that we can see the wonder of the preacher. No doubt sometimes you've seen him yourself. I've seen things he's gone through. Stuff that he's not told anybody, but there's things he's gone through that would have knocked down the normal man. How many times have you felt like you just wanted to quit and give up? Sometimes we have quit and give up. Aren't you glad when we decide to quit, God has grace for us to come home? How easy would it be to lay down everything and quit? But friend, can I tell you something? God's done too much for you. For you to lay down and quit on him. God's done too much for me. For me to lay down and quit on him. And I'll be honest with you. Sometimes here more often than not. I've wanted to just lay it down and quit everything. Then we'll see somebody come to an old fashioned altar. We'll see somebody lift up their hands in praise. We'll see God start to work where we're at. And it gives us strength to go another mile. And when the vipers latch onto our arms. We're able to just shake them off. Throw them back in the fire. And keep it working for Jesus. Amen. I thank God that he's called us to do what we've done. Bless his holy name. I thank God for the wisdom and the warning and the wonder of the preacher. The devil will always have something to attack you with. He's always got something. He knows your weak points. He knows what it's going to take. He thinks to get you to come down. But God's greater than he that's in the world. Greater is he that's in you if you know Jesus. Amen. And he's given you exactly what you need to shake them all off. Thank God for the preacher tonight. I thank God for Bethel. I thank God for the walk that, that we get to come as often as we do, preacher. This is our little oasis in the desert. A lot of times, y'all don't get to experience the things we do when we're on the road. Y'all don't get to go in some of them dry places. Y'all don't get to go in some of those dead places. You better be thankful for you got a lively place to come to church to. Amen. I thank God for our preacher. Now, young preachers, there's not many of the young preachers here tonight. But if there's, there's somebody may go back and watch this, I want to give you a warning. Listen to the older preachers. There's a trend going on today that young preachers don't want nothing to do with the older generation. They think they've got it figured out. Friend, can I tell you something? There's much to be gleaned from the wisdom of the man of God. Some of these just walked the path before us. If they can give us some advice to go another mile, I'm glad that there's still a man that we can look up to. Bethel, we're blessed to have the preacher we've got. Amen. I'm glad to be called a member of this church. And more than that, I'm glad to be called a member of the family of God. Amen. Amen. That's good to be saved. And I bless His holy name. As we stand to our feet tonight, I'm glad that we have some things to be thankful for. God help me to always be thankful 
for what he's given me, for what he's blessed me with, not boasting in any way. The God's been better to me than any of you. He has. Oh, he's blessed me with a good family, a good home. And I hope you feel the same way about yourself. God's blessed you more than you deserve. If you're in here tonight breathing, God's blessed you more than you deserve. He gave us time to come in and worship Him. Amen. But I'm thankful for friends. I'm thankful for my church. I'm thankful for the preacher.